Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. It is Monday morning, and we've got a thousand and one ways to achieve success. That sounds like a good way to start your Monday. What do you think, the Otis? You know, I'm sitting over here laughing because that is a loaded topic, but we're going to try to figure it out in a half an hour, right? I want to get through all a thousand and one. If we get through a thousand, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be frustrated. Okay. I want a thousand and one ways to achieve success. Well, you know, I only drank, I drank like a gallon of Red Bull to be prepared so that we can at least get to maybe 999. So if we're, if we start right now, I think we can do it. Let's do it. Let's jump in there. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, no, I'm not going to bore you guys with, you know, going step by step, starting with number one, number two, number three. That's that's not the goal here. Um, but what I do, what I hope to achieve in this time that we're, you know, spending together is just for to plant a seed so that um, people here and people watching this can start to develop their own personal uh, definition of what success is. Because I know that, you know, in our society, we're hit with so many images of what success is and what it looks like. But a lot of us don't take the time to really assess to see whether or not that relates to us. So what I'm going to ask everyone to do is just spend 10 seconds, think of success, and then What are the first three images that come to mind? You want us to say it out loud, type it in the box. Yeah, it's good. Type in the box. I'm I'm just curious. Like, just just give me one. What what, what was the first thing that came to mind? I got got two that popped into my mind. The first one was was just someone making a lot of money, which is funny because I never think of myself being money-oriented, but that's the first image that popped into my mind. And the second was a person standing on the top of a mountain, like literally physically had climbed up to like a a physical high peak somewhere. What'd you guys get? What'd you guys think of? You know, I asked my... Uh, let's see here. I asked my 17 and 17 and a half year old that same question. And his first thing was being in this open field, open grassy field and feeling peace. That was his number one thing that came up for success. I was like, whoa, that, that's pretty deep for a 17 and a half year old. Right. Um, but yeah, where I'm going with this is, you know, being in a leader, you know, being in leadership and running multiple offices, what I've learned from a lot of agents in our industry is a lot of time, a lot of energy is spent into chasing someone else's version of success without really, really sitting down and say, hey, what does being successful mean to me? And I, and I realized that all size, you know, one size doesn't fit all, whether we know it or not. Some people are just wired to make 100K. Some people are wired to make 500K. Some people are wired to make over a million dollars. So if you're a 100K person, right, and you're trying to be the 500K person, guess what? How do you win in that situation? 
How is it possible when you don't even realize that maybe making 500K is not the best thing for you or you're just not, that's just not in your cars to make 500K, but society, vendors, you know, um, the industry, they don't give us that type of awareness to stop chasing that because they want us to spend our money to try to get there. All right. So what I want to, you know, what I want to cover is just like, how do we, you know, how are we measuring our success? Like, how do you measure your success? How do you know if you're making progress? Is it, you know, I'm only successful if I can, my business looks exactly what Jesse's doing and create an agent power auto and all these amazing things that Jesse's doing. Like, if I'm just comparing myself to that and I, and I don't reach success until I achieve what he's achieved, what I'm doing is setting myself up to be in a constant state of failure. Does that make sense? You know, when our, when our success is based on a comparison of what someone else has achieved or what someone else is striving for, then we, are, we, we, constantly, we already put ourselves behind eight ball. Now, for me, when that when I had that same that same image, I had like Grammy Award winners in my head. Right. The red carpet where people are, you know, taking pictures in, you know, in Hollywood. I've only been to Hollywood twice. I don't want to go there. But yet, for some reason, when I thought of success, those were some of the images that came to mind. But when I started to slow down and think about like, wow. What other areas in my life have I experienced success and continue to uh, achieve success on the daily basis, right? When we're comparing, when we're comparing, we're missing out on the opportunity to acknowledge the fact that we are winning on a daily basis. Now, there's a saying out there that says, you put one foot in the past, you got one foot in the past, one foot in the future, and you're taking a holy, you know what, on the present, right? Just a big fat one, just bow. <laughs> um, so my point is, when we're comparing or saying that my my success is contingent on ha- on this happening, remember, success is not an event. Success is not, you know, I arrived and all of a sudden that's just oh, for the rest of my life. I'm successful. When I backed up and started to actually, you know, change the measurement system, instead of saying when I get there, I'm going to be successful. Like, what am I actually doing now? Right. And one of the things that came up is my wife, she's about five foot one on a good day, right? But she had both of our kids naturally. And our son was nine pounds, six ounces, right? Because of her strength, she gave me the opportunity. First of all, I was present. And I also got to feel both of my kids' umbilical cords while the pulse was still going through it, right? I could literally feel the life being transferred from my wife to my kids. And I was there for that moment. Now that moment is still with me. It's, it's not, it's just, it's a part of who I am today. So that's a part of my success. The fact that I was able to witness that, but most importantly, I still have an amazing, 
you know, relationship with both of my kids. You know, some people talk about, well, when the kids get older, they mutate. And, you know, well, if you play that narrative, guess what? That's what's going to happen. You know, when the kids get a certain age, they don't want to be around the present, around, around the parents. And, you know, that narrative, well, guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. You know, to this day, I really enjoy being around my kids because they are interesting. They have beautiful minds. Uh, it's like a hyper version, better version, upgraded like operating system from my own. And instead of being the parent, you know, whatever I say goes, I'm actually allowing them to teach me. So guess what that's doing to me as far as, you know, being a dad or, or a husband or just giving, empowering my kids to uh, be themselves and that their voice matters is creating a successful relationship, you know, with my kids as a dad, right? That was just one way. I'm just, that was just one example of how one event can turn into this constant evolving, you know, situation where it continues to improve and get better. Did I mention money? Right? I didn't mention money one time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people that, you know, money's a great tool. Let's just keep it real. Money can enhance what we already have, but it can't give us something we don't already got. And a lot of people think that, okay, when I hit this, you know, I've seen a lot of agents in the offices that I used to manage. They chase the top producer. They chase this production goal. When I make this amount of money, this is going to happen. Well, guess what? In that chase to get that production goal, they alienated themselves from themselves first, <laughs> from, them, from their spouses, from their kids. And then when they went and picked up and got that award, right? They brought it back to an empty house. Now, I don't know about y'all, but to me, that's not success. You know what I'm saying? For me to, to get the money, for me to get the trophy, right? Take all the pictures and then go home to an empty house. I'm like, oh, no, that's, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? So my point is, just be careful how you measure your success. Be careful. Be careful what you base it on. Just understand we're already hardwired to make as much money as we're going to make. We can enhance it. We can improve it. But it's just like weightlifting. Some people may, they can train really hard and lift a thousand pounds. They eventually will get there. Well, if I train really hard and just really try to do it, I may never get there. So why, I'm gonna, why am I going to base my progress off a 1,000 pounds? Are you guys following me? You guys following me? And especially right now, like, I mean, I'm looking at the definition of success. I even pulled it up. Let's see what they have here. A degree or a measure of succeeding. Favorable or desired outcome. Okay, yeah. What about this? Attainment of wealth, favor or eminence? Like the definition is, is even vague. So, you know what I mean? So that lets me know 
what in the hell are we chasing, right? Like, what are we really, what is in our brains about what success is and, and, and how that applies for our lives? So um, you got anything you going to say about that, Jess? Because I know you've achieved a lot of things and I'm sure this definitely, you can relate. Everyone can relate. Absolutely. I mean, but every time I've been chasing something in my life and I hit it, it doesn't do what I was expecting it to do. Almost never. Right. And may, may, maybe it's as I've gotten older and I've realized I need, uh, it's, it's important to spend some time and celebrate your victories. But if you're chasing a, a moving target, getting there doesn't do anything. The target just keeps moving and redefining what that success is. I find that um, it actually makes it easier to, to achieve everything, right? Like the, the, when you're, when you're not, I, I typed in the chat box before uh, comparison is the thief of joy. You guys know that one? Comparison is the thief of joy. And every time I've been being like, oh, I need to make a business that looks like this person's. When I've gone back to, okay, what's important? How do I want to structure this? It, it just seems to flow a heck of a lot better. And you actually then end up doing better than you would have if you chased someone else's vision. Does that relate to, to, to where you're going with this? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was looking in a chat box and I noticed that, you know, a lot of people put... Uh, uh, so first thing that came up was financial stability, like financial stability. Is it financial stability or mental stability is what we really want, right? Because uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I've had, you know, more zeros in my bank account and I've had none. And to be honest, there's a times where, you know, I was just fine when, the financial piece wasn't my focus, you know? And I noticed that a lot of times because of that financial piece is such a quick fix. If we have X amount of money, we can do retail therapy. We can do things to support, you know, the vision or the perception that I'm successful. But when we're caught in that phase, we stop doing the work that actually makes us happy, right? We stop doing the work. You get a brand new car. It's brand new. You give your friends a ride. Everyone says, oh, it's a nice car. But after about a month, guess what? It's just a regular car, right? It's just a regular car. And this is really important to me because I see, I've seen it, especially in the real estate industry. I've seen a lot of people quietly um, experience a high level of depression even though they're killing it in their business, even though they have the financial stability, even though they can go, they can go on trips and they can do stuff. And one of the things that I felt was important when agents used to come to me, not that they reached their, you know, top producer award, but when they say, you know what, the artist, I went on vacation and I turned my phone off. Or you know what, the artist, I hired an assistant. So now I'm going on trips with, with my kids. Or you know what, the artist, I went somewhere and I left the husband, the kids, you know, or the wife and the kids, and I just took off for three days and unplugged. Like for me, that is something that is totally undervalued because of the images that the media puts out there. And even on the magazine, I was raised by my grandmother and I remember being, uh, looking at a magazine and she was looking at the women on the, on the magazine. And my, my grandma keeps it real. She was like, they look like they need, look like they hungry. Look like they need to eat. No, nobody in our family looks like that. Like who are these people? 
why are they putting these hungry people on this magazine like that, right? <laughs> and I never looked at it like, oh, yeah, they actually are starving themselves to, you know, put this image out there. And then a lot of people are comparing themselves, even though from a genetic standpoint, you'll never look like that, right? But yet it's constantly being put out there. So Larry typed something in the box, by the way, I think is really interesting. Larry said, uh, for him, uh, success is being able to sustain his lifestyle after he stops working. Mm. And, and I do, and I do love that one. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we rarely talk about, by the way, the, the, the company most of us are with, which is EXP, but that, that is uh, one of the things that, that I love about so many of us that have come together because it, it allows the, the, to create uh, that. There's a big difference between what most agents get into the business for, mm-hmm. which is freedom, and what they find they have is flexibility, mm-hmm. Right. Most of you agents on this, think about it. When you first got into real estate, Diaz, did you get into, you got into this? I don't know why you got in actually, but most people I would say for freedom. I bet you got some other deep story. I'd love to hear how you no, got into no. real estate. Did, did you get in for freedom? Absolutely. You know, I was in the trades and, you know, I wanted to chaperone on my kids' trips and, you know, coach the team. And I didn't want to have to ask my foreman or, you know, at the time I was actually a foreman and I was running a crew, but that came with added responsibility that meant I would not be at home and be able to do those things. So yeah, absolutely freedom. I I got in. Go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, my kids were seven and two when I got into the business. And this November, they'll be 23 and 18. And because I made that switch, you know, back to that amazing relationship I have with them, um, making a switch to real estate gave me the freedom to be able to be present for my kids in a way that I wasn't able to when I was doing the 95. Right. And but, but let's dive into that for a minute because I thought the same thing until I had uh, a speaker at an event I was at the other day who pointed out, he said, you got in for freedom. Cause I said the same thing as you, I got in for freedom. He said, and then how many hours a week do you work? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, as a real estate agent, do you work nights, you work weekends, you, right? You work in 40, 50, 60 hours through a lot of my career. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you get flexibility as a real estate agent, yeah. not necessarily freedom. And that goes back to this definition of success, right? Are we looking for true freedom? Is it just the flexibility? You had the ability to, to work when you wanted and not when you didn't and you were there for your kids. That's that flexibility. Was it true freedom? I don't know. It depends on your definition of, of freedom, right? Well, considering where I came from and the trades where it was, it was freedom for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it was, it was tough, but it also gave me a backbone. And I like to say I grew up in the trades because it was old school. And some of the things that was going down then, you know, in California, you probably could sue somebody, you know, it, it was just like, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, but I'm grateful for that because I have that as a part of my foundation. Um, but yeah, you're right. To be honest, it's more of a flexibility thing. And as we get, you know, more efficient in our business, Jesse, then yes, we can work less or we can do more about working less. But we do. We all go through that stage of just grinding it out and actually working more than we did at the nine to five and yeah. then realizing, wait a minute, I didn't get in here, you know, to do the same thing, you know. But that's what I love. It's part of your definition of success, right? If you truly got in for freedom, look at, were you looking for freedom or were you looking for flexibility? For some people, mm-hmm. flexibility is enough, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, they want, they, they want to put systems in place where they have true time freedom. I don't know. It, it's, I love this discussion because there is no right answer, but I do know that you're spot on that chasing someone else's vision 
does, does not bring happiness. Right. And, you know, I said a thousand and one ways we could do a hundred and one ways or five ways, whatever, however you want to, you know, frame it. The point is we have an opportunity to acknowledge that there's things that we're doing that other people are doing on a daily basis that will give us the sense of being successful, that will give us the sense of, you know, accomplishing something so that we, you know, our success doesn't turn into this ongoing contingency that we never get there, right? It's okay. It's great. Have goals. You know, it's, it's, great. it's great to aspire to achieve certain things. I'm not saying stop doing that. I mean, we need something to fuel the fire, but there are times where I think some of the most amazing things are overlooked because of the energy that we 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 dump into the comparison aspect of what does success really look like. And so moving forward, like today, I mean, yesterday when I went on an open water to swim, right? It was, you know, I'm learning something every time that I'm out there, but my goal was to relax, period. That was my goal to relax. And it got a little hairy out there, but I reminded myself to relax. But the highlight of yesterday was not the swim. It was the conversation I had before I got in the water. And then it was the fellowship and the conversation I had after I got out of the water. Those two exchanges of energy made my, I was floating the rest of the day yesterday. You know what I mean? I'm still kind of floating now. You know what I mean? And so it was like, I had it in my mind. I'm going to swim just, you know, to get some training, right? I'm going to go train. But it wasn't even about the training. I actually, you know, enhanced a relationship, a previous relationship and had some fellowship that is actually still, I'm still feeling the residual effects from that. So I, I'm putting that out there to everyone to say, hey, Today it's eight twenty-three. It's a Monday morning. The title of this was a thousand and one ways to achieve success. Just know by redefine, redefining, and recalibrating, like what that means to you, you're going to discover so many more ways to fill a, a you know a sense of being successful in our in your daily lives. I love it. And I'm adding fellowship in because that is a word that I don't use or think about often, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's probably is missing from my vision. Like I just looked up the definition of fellowship, which is friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound like as we come out of COVID, the thing that a lot of us could use a little more of? I love that. Thanks for the reminder. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, you know, I'll share just a little bit more personal stuff about me. It's like my, uh, this year, uh, let's see, I'm like, this year? When is it? In September, I'll be celebrating my 20-year anniversary. And uh, was is it a successful marriage? Absolutely. Did it have ups and downs? Or does it have ups and downs? You betcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm bringing it up because we have to be careful of judging our journey, right? Here's our timeline. We may be here, but if he's judge judge here before the breakthrough here, it's like it's the we have to be careful. So we have to be careful of judging our, our personal journey, 
comparing ourselves to someone else's journey or judging their journey, we don't know where people are on their timeline. We don't know where they're at in um, whether or not they're on the cusp of a breakthrough. They may look like they're doing it wrong or I'm doing it wrong because everything's not working out. That's okay. <laughs> you know, a, a good mentor of mine used to say, what people think of me is none of my freaking business. I was like, but they, they think that, but he was like, the honest, no, what people think of you is none of your business. So stay out of theirs. Right. You know, it says, you know, if you're taking someone else's inventory more than you're taking your own, that's a problem, right? That is a problem. So that's just another way to say of, you know, when you think about success, mind your own business, <laughs> Find your own personal, your own personal definition of that. Start to recalibrate how you measure your success. If someone is helping you like achieve something or, or push yourself, that's great. But if you're you you're comparing yourself to something and it's making you feel like, you know, feel bad about yourself, then you might want to think that's not the best source for me to pull on to get to where I where I need to go. Right. So uh, I'll wrap it up, Jess, with just saying that, you know, once again, I appreciate being here. Uh, sorry, I didn't have a thousand and one ways to be successful, but hopefully I planted a seed for you to discover five or six, maybe 10 by the end of the day. And remember, it's important not to judge the process especially someone, you know, don't want to judge our own, but if we're judging someone else's process, we are not minding our own business. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so we, we got like a minute, we got like a minute left. I just, I, I want to, because I, I totally get that. So if you find yourself judging the process, what is helpful to focus on instead? Like your own process, forget other people. If you find, because I find myself constantly judging my own process. Where do you shift your focus to? Well, I mean, when you're judging your own process, I mean, once again, it's like, are you zoomed in or are you, do you need to back out a little bit and go, oh, that one little thing may not be right, but hey, look, you know, I'm helping people change their lives. I'm inspiring people. I'm, 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 I'm part of the solution more than I'm part of the problem. I think sometimes we, we zoom in too far, like, yee, like, no, back up. Like, oh, Whew. I thought it was just that thing right there. It's actually, you know, we have to zoom out. So that's how I, I address that, Jess. I zoom out. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You guys ready to zoom out for the day? Yeah. This is good. To be honest, I love starting our weeks on Monday like this. I really do. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to like the, the, the person I'm interviewing tomorrow is a, a woman named Sarah Cruz. She was a, a single mom who built her entire business uh, to six figures, basically working like three hours a day because that's all she had. Right. And she's going to be talking about something that whether you have kids or not, doesn't matter. You'll take something out of tomorrow. She's talking about how to run your real estate business with kids during summertime. But if you don't have kids or your kids are grown, there's still some efficiencies that you're going to pull out of some really tactical things. But especially if you do have kids and definitely jump on because there are some, this summertime is an interesting time, right? Even for those of us without kids, it's like the mental time of summer. It's warm. It's nice. Maybe you live by the beach. The beach is calling. Maybe that's part of your success. Someone typed in for the definition of success to bring this full circle to the beginning, Theodis. Someone typed in that the definition of success was the beach. So there we go. Mm. Anything you want to leave people with today? No, 
mind your own business. Go out there and find at least five or 10 more things that you can embrace and feel that you've achieved or you're being successful with. So love it. Have a great yep. day, guys. Talk to you all right. tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. This is awesome. Right. Bye, See guys. You later. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.